Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 96. On this episode, we are actually doing our first ever Boutique Week where we break down multiple cigars on the episode, which we've never done before. This was a fun one to record. So as always, sit back, listen, and enjoy. I've ever dealt with in all tax preparation literally ever since I've been doing it. So think about how long. So I've been doing and filing my own taxes for 11, oh God, more than that. Online, literally since I started working. Yeah. Like when, what was the first tax thing that came out? TurboTax? Yeah. I still use so it started with tax. them and then went yeah. to H&R Block, right? And it's usually like, what is it usually? Um, like 130, 140 bucks yeah, a year, yeah. right? So this year, 2018, get married, decided to file, you know, file jointly, do that whole thing, just to make sure we didn't miss anything because we bought and sold a house. We are going to go to a CPA, go to an advisor to do it for us, yeah. right? Paying for this service. Yeah. So it all starts with scheduling. Yes. All the scheduling gets foobarred. I'm traveling, Lauren's trying to schedule with them. And what they do is, is they send you, so like once you schedule, they'll send you a text reminder. So we scheduled for, I literally was coming back this day. It was like on a Thursday. And that night, we scheduled a time, a time slot of six o'clock to meet with an advisor to go over everything, right? So this is like probably a week or so prior to our first meeting. Lauren kept getting text message updates at the time changing. So our initial appointment was at 6, and it was like, we'll see you at 5.30 on blah. And she's like, no. And then it was like, we'll see you at 5 o'clock on blah. No. Weird. And we'll see you at 5.45 on blah. So she had to keep calling them. And then we ended up having to schedule a different time, one that was closer to the 5 o'clock mark because they had fucked up on their end. Of course. So that was issue number one. Is, and, and I traveled. So it was literally like I got back that day and then had to meet Lauren for a tax appointment. It was like boom, boom. Like yep. had to do both of them. And, and the time constraint made it more difficult for me to try to actually get there at 5 o'clock. Yeah. So we finally meet with the advisor. We go through the whole process when we get there go through all the tax documents. The lady who prepared her stuff was very pleasant. She was fairly easy to deal with, but let me preface. Um, like two days before that, she called me and I was on the road and she was like, I need a settlement statement from the house that you purchased. She was like, I got to go look over some stuff. And I was like, didn't I, didn't I already like, don't you have all that stuff? Like, and then I didn't have a hard copy of it. As a matter of fact, it was never supplied to me by the title company which I didn't realize because usually it comes in the giant bundle folder that you yeah. get from a title company yeah. when you close on a home. I never had it. It wasn't an electronic form. I didn't have it in hard copy form. So I had to go to the title company to request the documents, have them send me, which wasn't a huge deal. I got it done fairly quickly. So I was able to get it to her fast, but it was just like all this while I'm trying to just yeah. work and get, and I was out of town. So it's like, I had to call her from Chicago. So anyway, we get there, she prepares everything come to realize that I'm going to get fucked and raped royally in the fucking anus hole because city of Centerville taxes are fucking outrageous. Um, so like all my money that I usually get back, which is a substantial amount is just goes away. Right. So that already made me feel shitty during the process. Yeah. But as we're leaving, you pay for the service. 
The service itself is an astronomical amount of money for what we got, in my opinion, compared to what I have done on my own online before. For 70 bucks. It was far more than double. Yeah. Or As a matter of fact, it was almost triple. It's like 120, I think, if you have complex so, filing. So it would be exactly triple yeah. is the amount that I paid to have this one lady prepare the same documents for me. Yeah. Now, not being a tax expert, we thought it would be better for us to do it that way initially, again, because we just recently married. I bought and sold a place. You know, we want to make sure we weren't missing anything. We want right. to do it the right you way. You want to get enough. You want to get the right amount of deductions because you file right. a form later is right. very difficult to I, go back I, and do. Right. I've never done that before. So right. I just needed someone to kind of guide me through the process. I didn't realize it was going to cost me triple the amount of money. And I was also going to have to sit in this stuffy little office with yeah. this. Well, it's a basically a walled cubicle. Pretty much. Um, so we go through that process. We go up to the front to pay. I'm going to pay with my credit card. Yeah. It's a reasonable thing to do, right? Oh, pay with a credit card. I don't accept those, sir. Oh, no, they do. Oh. Girl goes to swipe my card, get the information. She's like, oh, credit card process. Something's going on. I was like, here we go. She's like, oh, just, she goes, oh, it just keeps freezing up. No, I'll tell you. I'll explain. It gets better. She, she, kept, she just kept going, oh, for, for whatever reason, it just keeps freezing up. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And through that, she tried it again, tried it again. It kept freezing up, fr kept freezing oh, in the computer. Boy. And then she goes, well, you know what I can do? And we were literally staying there for 20 minutes while they were trying we'll to figure it, it out. We'll call it in. We'll call in and process sure. payment. Yeah. So here's what she does. She calls in, gets the payment process. She goes, everything's processed. Yay. Blah, blah, blah. And we're like, okay, cool. We're going to leave. See you later. We leave, then we get a phone call. They oh, call cool. us and they go, hey, we need you to come back in because the payment processing over the phone doesn't actually authorize the payment. Like we are going, we have to run it through our credit card processing. I said, then why did we sit there on the phone and get the payment processing? She goes, well, what it does is it'll just sit in a pending payment. And she goes, it, we don't think it's going to authorize. Not is it is or isn't going to authorize. We don't Wait, think it's going to authorize. Why would I have a payment in queue that can never be transacted? Question I asked and never got a solid answer, right? So it was like a promissory so, note. I'm giving you this money eventually. So we had to go back in. Yeah. This is the same night. We went and got food, went back. I was like, okay, well, what do we do now? And she's like, well, our, our credit card processing is still down. We're going to try to cancel out this pending payment but we're going to reset the credit card processing i said listen i am not going to give you my card again for you to charge me again in that pending payment that we don't know is going to go through or not going to go through i don't want to be double charged because i don't want to have to deal with that mess later i'm not going to deal with it i was like so until i see that pending payment canceled off my credit card i'm not going to give you guys payment i'm not going to do it because I was like, I've had issues with people, like literally somebody charging my card seven times yeah. in a fucking row. And I'm not going to do it. Yeah, podcast platform. Yeah, not to name names, Podomatic. <laughs> um, so I was like, I'm not going to do that again. So I need you to cancel this out. So my request to them was cancel yeah. out this payment and then I'll come back in. We'll swipe the card. We'll be done. Now, this place isn't that far away. It's like two streets over. So it's easy for me to get to, yeah. right? I check my account. 
the next day, the next day after. Now we're into the next week. I'm traveling again. So I'm not really paying attention to it much, but that pending payment sat in there. Now, here's what I didn't know. The payment piece of it is easy. We just have to figure it out, right? Yeah. You're going to get your money. It's not like you're not going to get your money. You've already processed something that's sitting in my pending payments. Yeah. You're going to get your money. What I saw, this is multiple weeks later, is that the pending payment finally went away. I never got a call from one person at H&R Block. Not one fucking person saying that the pending payment's gone or we need to reapply funds. We need you to come back in and pay for this. I had to call them because I went into my own credit card and saw that the pending payment was finally gone. And I called them and I said, hey, I noticed in my account, here's what happened. The pending payment's gone. I need to pay for this. This is me being proactive. I'm, try- I'm trying to proactively give you yeah. money of which you clearly aren't concerned about getting from me when you literally said you would call me when everything was good. Yeah. Here's what happened. This is almost a month later. Oh, good. Well, without that payment, Chris, they never filed my taxes. Oh. So now we're in the 11th hour because now we're in the last weeks of March yeah. because we never got authorization nothing no one ever fucking called us we never saw authorization from the state as far as your tax forms were accepted both federally and state and i because i asked him i said well i'll run over and get payment i just wanted to make sure that my the taxes were processed she goes well we don't process them without payment and i literally was like i'm sorry what she goes we don't process the taxes until we get paid i was like this is your fault this isn't my fault you were going to double run my card. You were unclear of whether or not this payment was going to process. Why didn't anybody call me? She's gone. Oh, I'm really sorry, Mr. Allen. I'm not sure why no one called you. By the way, they only gave me a 10% discount for all my fucking headaches and trouble, by the way. Wow. Yeah, thanks a lot for the fucking 10%. Yeah. I'd rather you just fucking stick a golf ball in my yeah. asshole. Anyway, so it doesn't stop there. I finally get payment to them. Then they go, okay, we're going to go file. By the way, I told, I told our, the lady who prepped our taxes yeah. that I both bought and sold a home. I also mentioned to her, hey, back in 2008, I got a $7,500 credit that is to be paid back over the course, a new, time, or a new home buyer loan yeah. that is going to be paid back in $500 increments over a 15-year period. I want to make sure that that is cleared through this process. I want to make sure that that payment goes through in full so I don't ever have to worry about it again. This is something that I that verbally stated to this lady through this process right at the very beginning. So if taxes get filed. She calls me a day later and goes, your taxes were denied. And she goes, apparently the IRS has you owing an amount on a first-time home buyer loan that you had filed for in 2008. And I was like, the same one you and I discussed when we were prepping the taxes. She says, well, I don't remember that conversation. I was like, it's the first thing I brought up. Mm-hmm. It's literally the first thing. And dude, this was, she called me on a Sunday. I just finished hockey. Like I'm literally driving to the bar. Yeah. And she, she calls me to tell me this. And I was like, I can't explain to you how frustrated I am right now. And by the way, you ruined my wonderful hockey day. Because now I have to get her additional supporting documents that show this is what I need to take care of and reconcile. Then I have to go back to Brent 
So for anybody who's listening to this, Brent is my cousin, but also my realtor. I had to go back in to him and get the settlement statement from the purchase, the, sorry, the me selling the condo. I had to get the settlement statement from that. So I could release from this stupid tax thing, this tax lie or this um, credit liability that I had out there and owing the difference. So I did get that to her on a Sunday. Now, it doesn't stop there because this is something that she is supposed to take care of from the very beginning. It doesn't stop there. I call first thing Monday morning because Brent was nice enough to climb into his attic and get it for me Sunday night, sent me the documents. So I had them ready for Monday morning because I was, this was, by the way, last week yeah. because I'm traveling last week. So I wanted to get it done. So I call on Monday and the lady at the front desk goes, well, Deborah, Debbie, she's dead. Dudson. Oh, and I'm going to call her out was my tax prepper. She dead. She's not dead. Oh, um, she's not available right now. And I was like, well, can I leave her a message? And the lady literally goes, well, I'll give her the message. Okay, Joyce, thank you. Please let her know that Corey Allen is called. This is very important. She's, she, I'm returning her phone call. She's asking me for a tax document. I have everything to support it. I need to get this file. No problem, Corey. As soon as she gets in, I'll let her know. Whole entire day goes by. Not a fucking phone call. Now one goddamn thing. This was Tuesday of this past week. Not one thing. Wolf. So I then have to be proactive and call her again. By the way, I had to look up the information because there's a tax filing form called a, a 5405. That tax filing form is that when you are released from a property, it shows the difference in liability owed. So it's just numbers. It's like a tax form. You fill in some numbers. You find out what the liability is. I already knew what it was because really you just have to subtract the years. That's it. So I knew what the amount owed was. The difference is, and had I not pointed this out, the amount owed by me was actually zero. And here's why. The difference is only owed if you net a gain on the sell, on the sale of your property, which I did not. We bought the condo originally for, for 95000 yeah. I sold it for ninety two seven. Yeah. So I actually took a loss despite all the upgrades that I made to the condo over the course yeah. of years, ended up taking a loss on it, technically, right? Yeah. So I don't, there is no liability on my part. I'm absolved of owing anything. My liability is zero because I took a loss. She was going to file it for the amount owed had I not already looked at the rules and instructions of the fucking documents. Jesus Christ. And she's like, hmm. And I told her that. And she was like, hold on, let me type that in oh yeah it does look like you wouldn't know anything well i'm just gonna go ahead and submit this then jesus so she's gonna file it the other way oh my god so they finally submit it which is good because it was accepted almost immediately thank god but here's the problem now i owe city taxes in centerville the amount that we were given back was going to pay for those city taxes plus the first quarter owed on city taxes the problem is now, two days from now is April 15th, and that's when it's owed, and I still don't have my return. Yeah, well, I haven't filed yet. So I'm going to have to come out of pocket yeah. for all of this. By the way, have to pay for my flights to Copenhagen, which aren't inexpensive at all. Yeah. And it's all at the same fucking time because H&R fucking cockblock, Joker motherfuckers, completely fucked me through this entire process. Which, by the way, 
not only will I never use them again, they sent me a goddamn survey online and I just clicked the lowest number on each one and then I wrote everything that I've explained over the course of 15 minutes, I wrote out in written form and submitted it. And I was like, I don't care if anybody sees this. The fact of the matter is, is I'm going to blast how terrible this process was to every single fucking person I know until no one uses you people again because it was that horrific. Uh, I use... Uh, Sorry, that was actually a really large stress relief for me. Going I can that. imagine. I mean, I just wanted to sit back. I wanted to be supportive. I appreciate I it. I didn't want to be funny. Because I was definitely in a bad mood. I don't want to be funny or anything, but I will say this. I finally understand what HR means, and that is horribly wrong. <laughs> With an R. <laughs> With an R. <laughs> uh, Hence <yeah>. the misspelling. <laughs> what else could H and R be? How about horrifically repulsive? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I use TurboTax, self-employed, been doing it forever. Um, and I have complex filing, but I'm yeah. pretty, I'm pretty aware of at least within my guidelines of what I can and can't do. But dude, that sounds pretty fucking shitty. It was very painful because here's the reality is, is everything that she did, yeah. knowing what I know now, I could have done online fairly easily as I have done for years. Right. And I've never fucked up one time. I've never been audited. I'm fucking super diligent. I keep all my information. You know how I am. I'm extremely organized when it comes to that. Never, not one issue over the course of the time that I've been filing online, which is literally since the beginning of my employment, Yeah, since I've ever worked. The one fucking time I bring it to a person who's supposed to be the expert, not only are they charging me an astronomical amount for that service, but they fucked it up multiple times. Yeah. Thank you, horribly wrong block. Yeah. Fucking Now. I can't say that my week was uh, worse. Just um, tragic. Oh, yeah. Just a little tragic. Well. You killed a human finally. Mama's got some mouse problems at her house. She always has. It's ridiculous. Um, So far, she's tried multiple methods. Uh, These pellets that basically dehydrate, dehydrate them until they die. Uh, poison pellets will just kill them within a 24-hour period. So those haven't worked? Not as effectively now. I have helped her pick out uh, dead mice throughout her basement. Um, the recent one being trapped between her uh, <laughs> dishwasher unit and the countertop. No, oh, Jesus. <laughs> with its tail and leg hanging out. Oh. Uh, but the latest installment of methods is I was at mom's and I got a call from <laughs> my my new client. And I was telling him the problem. And he goes, well, you need to try those sticky traps. Yeah. He's like, he's like, put a little peanut butter in the middle of the st- st- sticky trap. And then they can't walk and, off And of they them. get stuck on it and they can't get off of it. <laughs> so mom buys them. I already like this method. She buys them. She sets them up. And for the first few days, she tells me, she's like, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. I was like, okay. And she grabs me one day and she goes, I need you to come downstairs in the basement. I was like, okay. And she's like, there's a mouse trapped in this sticky thing. I don't know if it's alive or dead. And I touch it. And I was like, oh, no, it's fucking looking right at me. Oh, no. So this little mouse is trapped in this very sticky stuff. And when I mean sticky, I mean fucking sticky. Can you not get it off of him? No. I mean, I, here's the thing. So it's trapped in it. It's shitting into the sticky shit because like... It has nowhere to go, so it's just shitting right. on itself on the sticky thing, and its fur's all into it, and its legs are pinned down in it, and there's peanut butter that's smearing behind it. it looks like it just had explosive diarrhea, oh <laughs> basically. My God. But it's still alive and just like looking at me, like, 
and uh and she's like just just figure out what to do i was like i was like what do you mean do like she's like just throw it away so i'm like i'm not throwing it away this is a it's alive for one Right. And I can't think of a more horrible way to die than being stuck in something and going through our disposal garbage process, being thrown into a bag. A garbage man two days later comes and picks it up, throws it into <laughs> to public waste, right. and where it continues to finally die or it's crushed or whatever. Right. I was like, that sounds worse than ending its life quickly. And she's like, well, what are you going to do? Just snap its neck. She's like, what are you going to do? You're going to pull it off the thing? I was like, no, because I feel like if I pull it off the thing, I'm going to kill it anyway. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's in there. Yeah. Did you cut its little feet off? I had to play fucking Executioner, bro. If this was a role-playing game, I had to play Executioner. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. So she's like, what are you doing with it? That's not like, humane at all. I was all. like, mom, go upstairs. <laughs> go upstairs. Cover your ears. I want to go back for a minute. It's going to get messy. And then she sees me open the drawer. As she's walking away, she's like, what are you about to grab? I was you like, don't worry about it. head in it? Don't worry oh. about it. I was like, just go upstairs. And she sees me pull a hammer out. Jesus Christ. And I take the mouse and it's just looking at me. I take it out back. On the patio. I say a couple words. I basically said, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to do. But this is the quickest, easiest way. To make your life less miserable. Mm. So I raised the hammer. I did a couple quick like making sure that I had my golf swing down. Jesus Christ. Turned my head. And. (sighs) I looked down. And trust me people. I am an animal lover. And the last thing I want to do is kill something. But this mouse had its fate written the minute it was trapped in the sticky trap. Yeah. So I look down and it's moving. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So then I. Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> Obviously, in the head, I, that was where I was aiming. It's the quickest, easiest death. Hitting in the body is not going to help. You got to hit it in the head. So I hit it again. And then, uh, well, you can imagine what happens to a mini skull. Uh, but then I carried it and, and threw it in the trash and said a couple more words saying, I'm sorry. Kind of, kind of upset. Cause I didn't want to have to do that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, uh, it's weird. I have, I have sensitivity yeah. to that as well. And even so though it's a mouse, mom's but. like, what'd you do? I was like, don't worry about it. She's like, I have such anxiety right now. I don't know what to do. I was like, don't worry about it. I was like, it's taken care of. It's taken care of mom. Yeah. Don't worry. Two days later. Another one's stuck in one. Ah, Jesus Christ. This one. Is there not a better way to do this? I don't think so. There has to be humane traps for mice. Has to be. I don't know. And so there's another one. This one's super lively. Just caught because I could tell because it only had three pellets of shit behind it instead of a pile. Yeah. Mom, go upstairs. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's become a Chris occupation. Pull out the drawer. You know, grab the hammer. Take it outside. Say a couple words. It's like, sorry, I killed your husband. No, bummer. Uh, but this is the only. This is your best option. Yeah. Did a couple aiming swings. Oh. Thankfully, that was a single hit kill. That's good. It's a good thing you didn't like get its leg. 
I know, yeah. But I've had to kill two within like three days. I feel like that's not gonna; those aren't gonna be the last ones either. And la- and I I'm trying to add levity to it. So the last time I was helping mom do it, I was like, "Go grab me my black hood real quick," <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like I'm just like killing things. Like I'm a hired hitman. <laughs> you should make like a little mouse guillotine. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, that's really sad. That yeah, sucks. Dude, I don't, Dude, like I don't even like anything. I don't even like to kill spiders. Like Lauren, she makes me kill spiders, but if she's not at home, even the you really obnoxiously go. big ones, I'll, I'll, I'll trap them in a container oh, yeah, yeah. and then I just let them out in the yard. Because yeah. yeah. I like having them around. There's a reason they're part of this ecosystem. But mom's house is a graveyard of mice because I think yeah. the count is up to 10. I think there's a bigger problem. There's a bigger issue here though. And that she needs to do a preventative treatment. She's trying. She's trying to fill like all the holes with foam, and they're biting through the foam. Outside of literally no, I hiring meant, an like, exterminator, get an exterminator. Yeah. Outside of they, that, yeah. yeah, she needs to get preventative treatment. Otherwise, she's just going to keep dealing with mice. But they're living underneath her dishwasher unit. If you know where uh, that, you know where yeah. that's placed. Yeah, because it gets warm, yeah. so they has a great bed for them. Right. And then, because I was trying to take it out, but I couldn't get it out because when we put the flooring in, yeah. it's like really the flooring hard to get covers it out. right. Yeah, yeah. But um, you have to peel off that flooring. But you know, right next to her dishwasher unit is yeah. the trash can filled with food. They right. have the perfect system. Right. They don't have to travel far. Yeah. And there's probably, I know at this point, if we're at account number ten, we're looking at the teens of mice. Yeah. We're looking in the teens. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot in there. I remember we should have them in that that little second auxiliary bathroom. Yeah, next they're, to the they're still in there too. Jesus Christ. Because they're, they're moving in from the uh, uh, garage in there. <laughs> and I was like, Mom, one of these times. You just burn that house down and get the insurance One of these money. times you're going to look out your window and you're going to see thousands of mice in artillery formation. Yep. Fucking ready to storm your house and fucking kill you. You're gonna see little cheese trebuchets. Ratatouille's gonna be there. It'd be crazy. Yep. You know, shoot. It's bad times. Like um, like a little. You're gonna have like a little mice zombie army. I, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that the hammer's cursed now. Yeah. You should probably not use that hammer anymore. <laughs> or you should just get. A specific hammer for mice. That also has like some like thumbtacks built into it. <laughs> oh god! Something real executionerish. <laughs> That'd be bad. That'd be bad. It's just you know, it's just I don't like ever doing that shit. I don't no like one does. Do it. No one does. I mean, here's my thing: if you get pleasure out of killing anything to that degree, you're like, a psychopath. Like people hunt for specific reasons. Yeah. Um, some people hunt like almost. 100% solely around sport, which I think is yeah. kind of a disgusting thing. Yeah. To a degree. Um, if you're hunting and you're harvesting meat, I think that's completely different. Um, but it's like those fucking trophy hunters that are out there oh, who yeah. just like will kill a fucking lion. Actually, yeah. I, I saw an interesting story about this guy had shot a lion or shot a tiger. I just read this the other day. This guy shot a tiger and didn't kill it, oh but couldn't find it either, just wounded it. Goes back to camp. The tiger finds the guy and fucking mauls him to death. Dude. It's like sweet justice. That How is sweet fucking justice. dope is that? I was like, and you know, there's a lot of people who would be like, that's a man. Like, I don't care how you fucking. Do-. I was like, no, motherfucking tiger. Here's the thing. If you're talking about a guy who has an advantage as a human being of having a rifle 
from a hundred yards away or more. And a tiger has enough instinct and intuition to track this guy down and maul his potential killer or murderer. Dude, give it to the tiger all day long. Yeah. That man. guy deserved to fucking die. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just karma. It's sweet justice is what it is. It's just I loved it. Now, I don't know if the tiger ever died because of its injury, but it definitely made it, and it found its way to this particular person who had shot it and fucking killed the guy. It's amazing. So amazing. Wow. Yeah. Don't fuck with tigers, man. No. They're the shit. And they're scary in India because they hunt humans. Yeah, a lot. Also, I, it was an interesting story that I read as well where um, I actually like this because people uh, like rhino horn, like people use, yep. so they use like tusks from elephants yep. mm-hmm. uh, for certain things, but people use rhino horn because they, there's literally people in Vietnam who think rhino horn, if powdered down, is like this miracle fucking digestant that you can take. And mm-hmm. it's not. There's no scientific merit to it all. Isn't That's it literally calcium and dirt. It's the, it, it, I don't know what it is, but it's, it doesn't have magical factors that people think it has in it. So it does nothing for you. Like it can't gain you additional life. It has no ability to repair your internal system. It has no way of warding off bacterial infections, yeah. viral infections. It, it ha- there's no properties at all scientifically, but they keep fucking killing rhinos and taking the rhino horns. There has been something that has put into place that literally in these poachers in certain countries who are, who are going after rhino horn yeah. or elephant tusks, that the penalty now for poaching is death. It's a fucking wow. death sentence. It's gotten so bad, and these countries are literally going, this has to stop. I mean, these countries hire mercenaries. Have you seen that? Yeah. They fucking hire people from like Blackwater to come in and kill poachers because it's fair game. If there's someone poaching an animal, like... A mercenary can come in, just pop one off in that dude's head and call it done. So it's like this constant battle of poachers. It's like the poachers are hunting animals, but then the poachers are also being hunted. It's like this huge fucking ecosystem of You would have to really love hunting endangered animals. It's the money, man. Knowing that people would kill you There's they're, you they're worth so much money. That's why people do it. But... Now they've enacted this death sentence policy, meaning that if you are detained, if you are caught, the penalty is death. That's what you get. Yeah. Dude, I would be like, there's no amount of money you're going to pay me that's worth my life. Am I the only one that feels like, you see, you've seen uh, uh, Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Yeah. You remember the two poachers in that movie? Yeah, the fucking crazy guys, the the Australians. Australians. Yeah. Um, All right. I just imagine every poacher looks like that. Mm. I don't think so. I just want them to look like like most of them. I want them to look like that. Most of them are African because I I have no sympathy for people that look like that. Yeah, they they're definitely scoundrels for sure. Yeah, like missing. That's what I want. That's what I. That's what I just want them to all look like. Yeah. Well, it'd be easier to. Be easier to justify their death if they look all gangly and gross. Yeah, right. Like they just, like you said, they have that um, that naturally hated look. Yes, they do. Yeah. Whereas, like, what if it was like like a poacher who just looked like the nicest human ever? Like, oh, oh, she's fuck. a big one. <sighs> Fucking creepers. When That's they, actually a good when movie. They dart them with the fake darts. One of the only sequels that was as good or maybe better yeah. than the original. Yeah. I really like what nature calls this. <laughs> I was like <laughs> looking at all the fucking deadheads. That's hilarious. <laughs> so funny. 
Anyway, Ooh. hey, so we're doing something unique this week. Unique this week. Unique week because it's boutique week. Unique boutique week. Yeah. And this, um, this is an idea that came t- from one of our listeners and fellow faction members, JR. Um, and I like the idea so much, I wanted to, to give it give a it shot. Give it a try. I mean, we're, we're, we're in the nature of trying new things. We like trying new stuff, for sure. Because if we don't, we're not evolving, Chris. No, it's just, you know, how, how, how much can you listen to a review? Now, Grant, I'm sure there's uh, way more you want us to hear, you know, hear us do. But, you know, as an evolution to what we do, we're kind of like a band. Yeah. It's time for the next album. Yeah. And in that next album, we're going to do things a little differently. We should. Now, some people can be like, oh, I don't like that. That don't sound like them. <laughs> but then a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, you know what? It's pretty chill. It's pretty chill. I like this. I like the direction we're going. I yeah. really like it. Yeah. Love it or hate it. We're going to do yeah. it anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, so with that, we'll be back at you guys in just a minute. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to do our first boutique week. Hang tight. We were already recording. Oh. Hey, we're back. <laughs> hey. And we're doing our first boutique week. What does that mean? So here's what we're doing. Because Chris and I smoke and enjoy a lot of cigars. There's only so many cigars that obviously we can do on the podcast and a real comprehensive breakdown. So one of the ideas which came to one of our fellow faction members and admins, faction general, J.R. Mugglebuggle, had the idea of saying, well, hey, what if you guys took and did like a boutique week where you took some notable boutique cigars and really just kind of broke them down on the podcast. So we're here to do that. Now, these aren't going to be the full in-depth detail comprehensive reviews that we usually do. These are going to be kind of quick snippets of things that we really enjoy about four particular boutique cigars. And on the lineup today, which I'm actually pretty excited about, I think there's a lot of diversity in the ones that we're doing today. We both smoked them. We smoked all that number one criteria is that Chris you have and to I smoke them. We both yes, smoke them. Yes, you do have to smoke them. You yes. do, yeah. We, you, you can't we, just look at them. You gotta yeah, actually buy yeah. them and smoke we, them. We actually have to have an opinion. Um, <laughs> we have four different cigars that we're reviewing today. Now, some of these, I don't really know how to pronounce their names. So Chris and I kind of came up with our names. So we're doing the, uh, the Mogwai, which the, is the which Mogwai, is, which is actually the, ch- the Chug, Chugwi, Chugwi, Chugwai. Chagwai, the Dose 77, which is a pretty popular cigar in the market. And we're doing uh, Guillermo. Yeah, which is actually <laughs> Guimaro. But yeah, Guillermo. Our Mexican friend. Guillermo is a Spaniard. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Guillermo is a Spaniard. What do they call those guys with the bulls? Matador. Yes. Guillermo yeah. is, a, is a matador, but he's a matador whose life is probably likely to end because he doesn't spend a lot of time and attention honing his craft. And this Guillermo only enjoys the refreshing taste of a Corona. (laughs) Um, So the Guimaro Corona. We are also breaking down the Cornelius and Anthony Mistress. Which I think we can just leave it as Mistress because it's fitting for that cigar. Yeah, very, very much so. And then the Emilio Cigar Grimalkin, which is also... The Kremlin. Or the Gremlin. (laughs) (laughs) These fucking names people come up with. Love them or hate them. I told Corey when we had this on the docket, I was like, you couldn't have picked the weirdest four first names for this one. Like, this group of cigars might as well be the Suicide Squad. (laughs) It's the Suicide Squad of cigars. It's such a weird variety of cigars. It is... um, 
it, it's a little strange. It's a little, I, I'll be honest with you in the selection process. I was like, I don't even want to go into this trying to pronounce these names appropriately. Yeah. So guess what? <laughs> we didn't. Um, so we are surpassing our normal criteria for these, as I've already mentioned. So we're not going through the comprehensive breakdown. We're going to give you guys the components that are used, but we're really just going to factor in how did we like it? What are the things we liked about it? What did we dislike about it? And then we'll give you our overall rating. We're skipping everything kind of in between. And then we're going to just kind of move through these one by one in our first ever boutique week. So let's begin. Let's start off with the Magui Dose 77. You run that one off. So now this cigar is interesting because we don't know what we don't know what factory it's being produced in. That's number one. It got its name because I think a box two seventy seven was actually lost, and uh, we don't really know what a mag you know a magui is. You know what I think? You know why I think they actually manufacture this? There's a little shop in Chinatown, and you go there. There's a little man behind a counter, <laughs> and you go in there, right? And the cage rattles, and you go, "What's in that cage?" He's like, oh, you don't, don't worry about that. Yeah. No, what's well, in that what cage? He pulls back the veil. What do you see? Goddamn fucking Magwai. A little Chagwai. You see a little Chagwai. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Don't he, put water on and it And he literally midnight. says, the first thing out of his mouth was like, do not feed it past 10. Or put water or on it. Or put water on it. Yeah. Rules to live by when you're smoking the Chagwai. And he was like, why? And we were like, why? He's like, because he won't be able to smoke it. Yeah. Okay, I, mean, I guess that makes sense. I guess you wouldn't want to smoke cigars past ten. Um, or you, I do all the time. We well, got to be careful because they might multiply. That's true, and we don't want that. We don't. We don't, want need, that. We don't need a chagwai takeover that turn into a bunch of uh, <laughs> what is the, what is the cigar that uh, we uh, had? Um, oh fuck, uh, green and blue label from mm. Steve Zaka. Oh, the Umbagog. Yeah. We don't want them turning into Umbagogs. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't want the Dose 77 to be a a Quattro 77. <laughs> they just turned into a bunch of candelas. <laughs> be terrible. So this cigar is an, it's an undisclosed manufacturer, so we don't actually know where the cigar is being produced at, which is kind of weird We're in thinking terms Chinatown, of cigars. Though. Probably Chinatown. It's Dominican wrapper, Dominican binder, Dominican and Havana um, filler. So... This particular cigar made its way onto the market as a Dominican exclusive and then started to gain popularity. And now here we are um, years later with full production and distribution in the U.S. You can actually, they're pretty readily available. I wanted to get my hands on these cigars for a while and it took me a little while to get them, but they're distributed pretty fairly now. So there's multiple places even around here where you can actually get these cigars, which I'm pretty happy about. Um, we smoked this one in Robusto. It's a five by 52, which actually they call a Ragusto, which is kind of funny. So Robusto and Gusto. So yeah. it's a Ragusto, uh, which I think is slightly clever, but also kind of lame at the same time. But yeah. let's just call it a fairly traditional Robusto out of five by 52. Yeah. So overall, what did you think about this cigar, Chris? This particular cigar, I think is, it, it was uh, a pretty, uh, well... It was really nice. I mean, one of the, the one of the things I'll say about it that gives it a little bit of uh, differentiatingness or which is a made up word or uniqueness is a fucking label, bro. Yeah, the label is. Dope. It reminds me. It's one of my favorites. It reminds me of like being a surfer. If I was a surfer guy, 
I'd want this cigar. My Dose 77, bro. My Dose 77, bro. You like Chagway, Macway? Yeah. You guys wear your Chagway hat today, man? But here's what, here's what I'll say. Uh, it, it is a great cigar. It, it's one of those cigars that when you, when you have it, it's kind of like bitter. Not overly spicy. And I will say this. This doesn't happen very often. But with this particular cigar, every once in a while, when I get down to that last 25%, this little baby gives me a little bit of butteriness. And I yeah. love a little bit of goddamn butteriness. Yeah, I thought so. In terms of the cigar, the things that I like and and perhaps dislike, and my experience is that this is a fairly traditional Dominican cigar, which I've had a lot of. From a flavor perspective, it didn't really stick out to me. It was pleasant, but there was nothing about it where I was like, no. "Okay, you're you haven't really, in my opinion, differentiated yourself." overall in comparison to a lot of the other traditional dominican cigars that i've had but it was i mean from a flavor perspective was it's actually pretty, solid. It's pretty good overall it yeah. wasn't terrible definitely not one of my favorites now i did have some challenges with the burn and i think that's perhaps where i was most disappointed in the oh, cigar that's no good i actually had a really hard time lighting the cigar weirdly enough so it seemed like i had to toast the foot to a degree that i usually don't like doing yeah because then i'm starting to char everything and i just couldn't get it to combust it it's was like, ridiculous it's like putting meat in an oven but instead of baking it you're broiling it and what happens is, is you're just fucking searing the goddamn shit out of the top of it yeah, the like rest getting, of it's not even cooking. Getting it to to just, I mean, it's like turning over a car in a cold day. It just, it just could not get it just to go. Now I had a great burn, but it happens, bro. It does. Well, also I had uh, the whole test was just completely just garbage. Yeah. yeah, so that didn't work out as well either. So in terms of like overall experience, I like the flavor a lot, but I had some challenges outside of that, which kind of drove down my overall score. Your Mogwai might have had asthma. Uh, my Mogwai is defective for sure. It's like, can I return this? He's like, no. Now, do you think if I put water on the Mogwai or on my Chagwai? Yeah that all the other products of that chagwai and its ability to clone itself or could, create could other produce chagwais a good one? produce a good one maybe no because i think what you get is you get about a dozen candela dose 77s <laughs> get a bunch of retard chagwais running yeah, around kind of bad construction now one of the things i'll say about this cigar that i really enjoyed which had nothing to do with the cigar at all and you already mentioned it was the label itself it's now beautiful. The label is great. I love the font that they use, and I love the colors that they use. It yeah. actually really sticks out, but what's underneath the label is even cooler because each one of the labels, as you peel them off and look underneath, it reveals a saying that says, fear the fucking bird, which is actually pretty dope. I actually really like that. It seems kind of corny, but it works. And I yeah, respect it to a high degree. I thought it was a mogwai, the whole interpretation of the cigar, but in fact, it's a, what is it, a Sayaka Tanager? Yeah, it's like a bird? it's a bird. So like a I blue mean, bird. The, the, clearly, there's the connection with the bird. Although even that seems to be fairly cryptic when you do the research. Um, if I have to go down to the degree of like connecting all these dots as far as meanings and names, I get bored, yeah. and they become less meaningful. But given the fact that the logo is bird related, then if you actually look up what a little chugui or chugui, yeah, whatever that is, it's just this blue fucking bird. Doesn't look like the crazy thing is it says fear the fucking bird. But when you look at this bird, it looks like a bird that you could just put on your shoulder and kiss. And the bird, the first time I saw the name, I thought it actually instead of sciatica tanager, thought it said uh, sciatica teenager. Yeah. 
But you never want a teenager. You never want to have it. Yeah. No. It's a terrible thing to That's have a as a teenager. Thing. Yeah. That's a death sentence where I'm yep. where I come from. Yeah, I agree. Um. So what did you give it as far as an overall score? Man, those seventy-seven. I gave it a five point five two. It actually for me it was a good score. It was about a ninety-two percent because I had a perfect burn. Okay. And the smell gave the smell of the smoke. I actually liked it. It was kind of musty. I don't. I've never really noted that before. Yeah. But it had like a mustiness. I really kind of enjoyed it. It made me feel dirty. It made me feel like I just got off the beach. You're got- one of those guys, though, that likes like the smell of B.O. Like when you go to the gym, <laughs> when you go to the gym, you look like my dogs when they walk outside and there's a breeze and they kind of stick their nose up into the wind. Yeah. You do that with with really weird, obnoxious smells. The burn in the the burn in the in the flavor is really what did this one the score for me. It's just it was a good burn. And yeah. and uh and the flavors, like I said, it, the, the butteriness, I love getting that occasionally from a wrapper. Uh, towards the end it was it was great i loved it uh, my overall score on this was a 5.37 and an 89.4 percent overall yeah i just i think with the challenges with the burn and just that the flavor to me was good but it wasn't great it was just something that i kind of i really I, I enjoyed the flavor of the cigar but it just didn't like there was nothing really that that stood out to me that would warrant anything more than that now it's a pretty solid score and 89 and 0.4 is is a hell of a score but I was actually personally looking for a little bit more in this cigar than what I got. Yeah. So. Need a better Magua. Hats off to, uh, to uh, Chagwai overall. Chigui. Chigui. The Dose 77. Chigui. I'd say this is a recommended cigar for yeah, sure. Totally. Yeah, totally. So what do we have next? Grimalkin. All right. The Gremlin. Well, this comes out to us from Emilio. It's the Grimalkin. It's uh, produced at the Black Label Trading Company's. Uh, Fabrica Fabrica Ovary Negra Yeah And guess what This is a little bit of a change up From the Dominican Of the Chaguay We got a Nicaraguan wrapper Nicaraguan binder Nicaraguan fillers Comes in in a Robusto Of 5x50 The one we smoked Kind of a medium Full bodied cigar Coming at a price point Of 980 Not $980 $9.80 This isn't a This isn't a Gurkha Yeah Not a Gurkha Um this cigar, to me, I had high hopes for. And let me tell you why I had high hopes for the cigar. Yeah. Because it looks cool. It looks Everything great. Black Label Trading Company produces always has a really cool label. We know that it's going to be Nicaraguan because obviously that's where their factory yeah. is. So I had high hopes for this because I, I saw it on the marketplace. I was like, I'm really interested in trying this cigar. I'm hoping it smokes the way that I want it to smoke. It was kind of one of those things that my bias leaned towards a little bit of hype in the community, but also I just wanted it to be good. Um, it wasn't that great for me. I thought the flavor was just okay. So, so. It was, yeah, it was, it was okay. a very, very so, so, and, and was, there's other things produced yeah. at the black label trading company. I mean, other stuff they produce. I like much yeah, more yeah. like stuff in the black work studio lineup. I like exponentially more than I like this Emilio. Um, Everything other than the flavor was actually pretty good, though, other than consistency. I had some consistency challenges, but when you really kind of look at the construction yeah. overall, appearance-wise, it's super oily, which I appreciate. Appearance-wise, it's very dense. Actually, a cigar is insanely dense when you actually pick up, and even this is, I'd consider a smaller Vitola to 5x50. Yeah. It's actually packed pretty full, which I enjoyed. Um, so although I liked kind of opposite to our Mogwai, the things that I really enjoyed about this cigar are perhaps what I didn't get in the other ones. And what I mostly enjoyed about that cigar, which was the flavor, this one, I just, it was, like you said, it was really so-so for me. This is definitely, definitionally 
basically the gremlin from the mogwai spicier a little bit more more bitter i mean those are the most notable flavors for me was bitter and like a like a medium spice um this to me is to me the gremlin of <laughs> the dose yeah, 77. this is the offspring of the dose the the in in comparison where i had a great freaking draw and burn with the dose 77 i know you didn't i actually had the adverse of that i had a shitty fucking burn with mine now bummer dude it went out like four times oh that's never good no it's never good and i had, a, I, had a, I had to give it a really low hold test um and like i agree with you it's a kind of a one note cigar mostly yeah one note and the flavors were okay yeah they were they were okay they were just okay now in a robusto knowing that i could sit through it and smoke it for 45 minutes to an hour and not have really an issue. If this was in any bigger of a Tola, I would have gotten bored. Yeah. Oh, I would have too. I, I probably, and honestly, it's probably one that I would, because of challenges, I'd probably put down. Um, and, and even just the flavor itself, that kind of, like, I agree with what you said. It's very one note. It's very, um, it's very static in terms of flavor. Yeah. And what you do get is just okay. Uh, I just think there's better things produced, especially under Black Label Trading Company, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so this isn't anything now, that I've given yeah. you know great scores to. Um, but now anything coming out of the Kremlin is going to be less superior than a U.S. brand. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, there's no factors of quality. Space you get what race, you get. They lost. You just get what you get. Um, so on this particular cigar, Chris, what did you give as an overall score? With a pretty crappy burn and an okay flavor, I gave it a 5.3, which is an 88.3%. Uh, I gave it a 5.33, which is an 88.8%. So we gave it roughly the same score, very yeah. close in terms of score. And I think this actually may have been one of the rare instances we actually reviewed together. Although I think when we reviewed it, we didn't, we weren't even really talking. We weren't even really discussing the cigar because we were at a lounge. Um, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, this is, I think even represented and uh, smoking the cigar again over and over, I don't think my score would differ all that much just yeah. because the flavor component to me is just really not that great in a comparison to a lot of things that I've had that are traditional Nicaraguan yeah. cigars. Um, but as at an 88.5, let's say an average roughly overall, it's, uh, if you like the Nicaraguan style cigars. This is probably one that you'd want to at least pick up and the try. The price is a little bit questionable, in my opinion. Nine eighty. Yeah, I think it's a little for rich a for what you get. Yeah, yeah, a little rich. And I don't know that I gave it a delta, but I did. I did not give it a delta. I didn't give it a delta, but man, it's sure on the edge. It's on the edge. Uh, what do we have up next? I think it's perfect time to speak to our buddy Guillermo. So the Guimaro Corona. See, see. Uh, this cigar is actually brought to us from the Nico Sueño factory, and this cigar is actually for the manager of the factory. So the cool thing is, is although it's not represented in the Romacraft lineup, certainly it has a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, this cigar, in my opinion, weirdly enough, probably the most underrated cigars I've had in a very long time. Ooh, I'm curious to see what you and, say and, about and it. And so what is comprised of this cigar? It's a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. It's a Brazilian binder. It's Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers. So there are, there are some, some vast variations in this cigar in terms of product use. Um, what I love about this cigar, and you can look at those components used, is that they all work together. Yeah. I really like this cigar, and I really like it at, for the price point that you get it for. Um, I did have, I was a little concerned about the construction overall, 
in terms of this cigar from the get-go because it did seem a little spongy to me. Yeah. The one I smoked was in a box press. I had a Corona. And a Corona. It just seemed a little soft, but I didn't really have any issues that I actually anticipated or expected to have. Yeah. What I really, really like about this cigar was that I expected it to be, because it's coming from the Nika Sueño factory, I expected it to be very spice-forward, and it wasn't. It's actually Not really smiled. fucking smooth. Yeah. It's a very balanced, well... I think, I think this cigar, again, very underrated, is a, an actual pretty large departure from other things that are made at the Nika Sueño factory. And I think that's what I like about it the most, is that everything made there, in my opinion, is really good. Yes. I don't think I've ever had anything. I've never had a bad one. Roma Craft, the Pisnani line, and we're talking about this. It, this is just... I've never had a bad one. <laughs> with a Guillermo. With a Guillermo. With a, Guillermo. <laughs> um, with a Guimaro. I think this cigar was really good. I thought the construction was really good. I, it burned great for me. I didn't have any challenges with the hold. It was very consistent. The draw was as anticipated. But I really, really like the flavor of this cigar, especially in comparison to other things that come from that factory. Yeah, dude. Tangy, medium spice. It wasn't as spice heavy as I thought it would be coming out of Nika Sueño as yeah, well. Not was, at all. It was surprising. And I would agree. The, the components in this cigar is much like a Michael Jackson song. that Heal the world. Make it a better place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it just it brought the whole world together. You know what I'm saying? And it worked beautifully. Harmonic. That's what I'll say about this cigar. It's harmonic. It was like a fucking church choir. It definitely does. Everything in it, to me, does work together. And I think what, especially at a $7.50 price point, is a great deal. Now, here's the other cool thing. This is another cigar that you actually are able to kind of find more so now than you ever were before. It has a bunch of online representation, so there's plenty of places where you can buy it online, and there's even some humidors around here that that sell it, which actually make me very pleased because at that price point, it's very advantageous just to go pick one up and smoke because you know you enjoy it every time. This, The one note I'll say about this cigar before we get into this score bracket, bro, is this might actually be the tangiest cigar I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I think it's a lot uh, uh, attributed to two factors in particular. One, we've got a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, and we have a Brazilian binder. And that was one of my first initial notes. I was like, this actually may be the most tangy cigar I've ever had, but it worked really well with that medium. It kind of makes me want to smoke it again. I know. With that medium smooth filler and the little bit of spice that comes right. with it, not, not a whole lot of change up to that cigar, but just the combination of all. It's like, it's like a choir just hitting one note for five, ten minutes. Right. You know, they could just fucking the harmonics, bro. Yeah. Single note. It all works together. It's beautiful. Um, really like that cigar. So what did you give it as far as an overall score? The Guillermo. Hats off to you, bro. I love you. But I'll also say Guimaro. I'll, come, I'll come down see you soon. I know they won't let you cross the border right now. Uh, I gave it a 5.42, which is a 90.3%. Nice. I came in at a 5.5 and a 91.7. Average score of roughly around a 91%. Yeah. So actually a really good cigar. And again, for the price point, in my opinion, hard to beat. Yeah, I agree. All right. So now we're on to our final one. This dirty little girl. This, this is the Cornelius bitch. and Anthony Mistress. This is actually a pretty highly anticipated cigar outside of the IPCPR show back in 2018 yeah. last year. This one had a lot of hype around it. This was released right around the same time the Gent was released. Both big IPCPR hits. Yeah, I was very excited about both of these releases because, as you know, 
I am a Cornelius and Anthony hardcore dick rider yep. to the end. Love their cigar lineups. Very, very excited. Well, there's about no dick cigar. riding with the mistress unless she's got the strap on. That's true. Which we'll get into. Um, <laughs> we'll definitely get into that. This, as a lot of Cornelius and Anthony, or maybe all Cornelius and Anthony cigars are, which I believe they are, it was created at the Lozona factory, which is the Espinosa factory. Um, it's an Ecuadorian wrapper. Here's what I thought was kind of crazy about this cigar is it's a Pennsylvania binder and a Pennsylvania filler. This was one that when I looked at it, I just put a like huge question, question mark. mark. Yeah, totally. What's this going like to be Pennsylvanian? like? What is this thing going to be like? Um, Usually like Pennsylvania is the, is the garnish in a filler. You know, it's not yeah. the predominant filler. Yeah. And even if it is, um, there's other things within components of the cigars right. that, that you typically right. balance it out. So I'll let you have your thoughts first on this cigar and then uh, I'll, I'll give my, my take on it. I'll be real with you. Out of the four cigars we've talked about, or now four that we've talked about today, um, this is probably my most memorable experience out of all four of them. And the reason is, is because going into it and what I got out of it were drastically two different things. A lot of people said, you know, I told them, I was like, hey, I'm going, on this, I'm going out on this honey right soon. Her name's Mistress. And I'm like, wait, like the Mistress? I was like, yeah. Like, dude. She's a badass bitch. I was like, no fucking way. I've been talking to her. She's sweet. She seems like a sweet girl. I'm like, no, man. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. She's a badass bitch. To a bad bitch. Go on a date with her. Beautiful. Nicely dressed up. Not even five minutes later, I'm knocked out. I'm chained up. Your wallet's stolen. My wallet's stolen. I'm chained up. You got a kidney missing. <laughs> She's chained me up in her basement. And I look across the room as the haze of my roofie starts to dissipate. And she's got fucking leathers on, fucking whips. And she's just going to town on me. And I'm fucking butt-ass naked. And she's just beating the shit at me. Dude, what a spicy bitch. Yeah. But you know what? kind of liked it. Yeah, you do. You're a masochist. I kind of <laughs> liked it. You're a fucking weirdo. You're into that <laughs> S&M bullshit. <laughs> You, but you know what? That makes sense for you because if you think about like you torture yourself with spicy food. I do. So a cigar like this, although I may not necessarily in terms of others, people's opinion, be super palate pleasing. Yeah. I think there's an emotional and mental aspect to who you are yeah. that causes you to really enjoy something like this. Yeah. I had kind of like the, uh, it was kind of woody, real spice heavy, especially in the beginning. And, yeah. it, and it, it's one of those cigars that if you're not used to the nicotine and the spices that are produced, it feels like you're beginning to swallow a golf ball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I do and, know what you're saying. And, but I will say this, uh, overall, great burn. Love the construction, beautiful cigar. And the flavors, I will admit. Even though it was drastically different than I was expecting. I kind of like her. Yeah. But I think I like her. Yeah, you had, you, this is, this is perhaps one of the few times where your opinion has differed very drastically <laughs> than mine. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and, and I did want to preface that, again, that I do love the Cornelius and Anthony cigars. They're some of my favorite. Uh, this was certainly not one of them. <laughs> now, where I will give kudos to the cigars in both 
the construction and burn categories of what we talk about. Yeah. Both coupled together, amazing. And I expect nothing less from Cornelius and Anthony. Here's the trouble that I have with this cigar. And this is just the overall flavor profile of it. Now I know this cigar was made <laughs> for a specific reason. Yeah. And I don't think that's disputed by anybody. And I also think there's a psychology to this cigar. I almost think that it was made. And if you really were to, if Cornelius and Anthony decided to do a study of who likes a cigar, who doesn't, they're going to see a drastic disparity. Now, through the results of that disparity, you have two sides of the spectrum. It's a love-hate cigar. Either you don't like it or you do. There's no middle of the road, And for the people that do love this cigar... Yeah. I'm telling you they're challenged mentally in life. <laughs> there is a psychology to this cigar, I promise you. I can't get it out of my head. I'm, t- I'm telling you right now is that if we actually did this study, we would find out that the vast majority of the people who love and respect and admire this cigar and smoke it over and again, they have fucking mental issues. Yeah, I'm in a support group with a bunch of other of them. Yeah, you you should be because this cigar and I and this is not a joke. This is not an exaggeration, and I've said it a few times. I was smoking this cigar one day. Yeah. By the way, definitely don't recommend smoking this on an empty stomach. No, no, definitely um, not. Yeah. This cigar, when I started smoking it, and this is I'm not exaggerating at all. It is a tobacco enema. <laughs> it made me in a very disruptive manner, shit four times in ways that I've never shit before. It turned your stomach. I swear to God, it was like if I were to take a thousand milligrams of caffeine and just shoot it into my rectum. Like one hit and your body's like... Dude, it... Sound the fucking alarms. Hit the fucking button! (laughs) I'm not kidding you. It was one of those things where I... I struggled because <laughs> although you want to run to the bathroom, you understand that if you do in stride, you're likely going to shart. <laughs> I had, it was like this weird clenched fast paced walk four different times while smoking the cigar. Hey, did it pass the whole test? <laughs> it did. I run. Oh shit! It, it, did. Pa- it passed about four whole tests <laughs> because it. It was definitely, um, I think my white blood cells just immediately reacted to this cigar and was just like, no, this, there is something foreign in your system that we must evacuate. That's literally what it felt like. It was like, there's the components used that the body just couldn't recognize and just said, no, this has got to go. And we've got to extinguish whatever this is as quickly as possible. Um, so in terms of that, it's not like I, um, it's not like I went through that process of blowing out my colon four times and then came <laughs> back and said, yeah. I really love this cigar. Yeah. I didn't, I just didn't love it. it it's just, it, to me it's too much. I see where it fits. I see its place in the market and I can see this other side of the spectrum, these lumps and groups of these crazy emotionally challenged masochists who really love this cigar because the people who like it really really like it yeah and, I mean, and for me i go i don't understand how you can like it this much but they do and i respect that because i do think it has its place yeah you know i i had already met a few people that are in my support group i mean i was just at one the other day and i kind of like came in there i was really nervous and i pulled up a chair and i sat down and i look at the guy and he goes hey what are you here for i was like the mistress he's like <laughs> me too and we, you know we got to talking it's like we just you don't realize it 
you think you're the only one that's yeah. been with the mistress because of all these people like you that you know aren't aren't digging her. But dude, she's kind of a slut. Yeah, she has been around. She'll get you. She has been around, and she has made her impression on you, and you can't get her out of your head. Yeah, I like being the gent. <laughs> I don't like being the mistress. Yeah. Um, so we did solicit some feedback from other people as far as their opinions, and this all comes brought to you by the folks who are part of the Facebook faction yeah. group that we run. Um, Chris, what did some people say about these cigars? Here's the thing. Not one, not one person mentioned any cigar in this lineup except for being with the mistress. Uh, nope. There are some except Guimaros, two Guimaros in here. Oh, I must refresh my page. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but out of all the ones I'm currently lurking at, opinions are still coming in. As what I'm looking at, there is only one cigar that is to be mentioned in this process. It is the mistress. Jack Davis says the mistress. A delicious roller coaster ride to hell or the bathroom. Absolutely. Corey can attest to that. Troy Wilberger says the mistress. A swift kick in the ass and a punch to Flavortown, baby. Mm, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jason Quias, mistress. Like the name. Sneaky and exciting to be with. Mm, okay. I was the same, bro. All I'm saying is. She has left her mark on the world. Yeah, she has. Kyle Ostrander says, the Guimaro was tasty. That's all I got. Shane Rail says, the mistress gets me rock hard. Guimaro <laughs> gives me half a flopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, we always appreciate people commenting on those. I wish I would have gotten that out earlier because I guarantee we would have had about 200 But comments. here's the thing. I think that just goes to a test that... Your most memorable smoking experiences are usually the most odd or most left or right wing swinging cigar. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes sense. There's so many good cigars in the middle of the road, right? Majority of us right in the middle. Right. But who gets the attention? The crazies. The crazies on either end of the spectrum. Yeah. Those who get the most notable attention. Right. And the mistress is one of those crazy bitches. She's definitely a crazy bitch. Yeah. But you know what? I enjoyed the what? process of smoking these despite maybe not having the best I, I want to know what your score on that one was, though. So my score on The Mistress, and this is being as objective as possible in terms of the burning construction, my overall score on The Mistress was a 5.37, coming in at a 89.5%. It's not bad, because I gave it kudos. Dude, the construction, again, on this cigar and the burnless cigar yeah. were fantastic. I just didn't like the flavors. That's it. Now I gave, But I did give yeah. it a high score on distinction, and here's why. Because yeah. you know what you're getting when it you comes. I may not like it, but it's... Getting. I mean, the value where they where they talk about what this cigar brings yeah. is exactly what's represented and what it brings. So I give it a 5.42, which is a 90.3%. Here's the reality. I would have given it higher, but me and the mistress never worked out a safe word. So I'm just screaming random things at her to get her to stop occasionally. Like, it's too much. Stop. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't. Yeah, I, th I think it was, and to me it was. There's moments where it's like, whew. A bit challenging and a bit overwhelming, yeah. in my opinion. And actually wouldn't be, in my opinion, wouldn't be a terrible cigar in a much smaller Vitola. But just even in a Robusto, man, I'm just like, it does too if she, much. If she did have a safe word, what would you think it would be? Um, black hole. 
<laughs> I have no idea. I don't think I don't think there are safe words for things like that. I think you just take it as it comes. Yeah. So this wraps up our first ever boutique week. I actually really enjoyed this. I kind of like the hyper quick reviews of cigars. And I think we're probably going to end up doing more of these. I really like the concept and idea because there are so much stuff that we review. Some things are going to be in written review format. Some things are going to be kind of highlighted on the podcast as far as individual. But there's a bunch of other cigars Chris and I smoke that really categorically kind of remain in that boutique spot or may not be readily available throughout the United States. They're ones that we want to support and give time and attention to. And we think that this is probably the best format to do that. So I think it's something that I would like to do, maybe even to the degree of once every two months. Because yeah. I think there's enough out there to do it and support it, if not just about once every maybe three months. Maybe we'll do a poll. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's still, if we kind of look through what we haven't yet gotten to, there's probably a whole nother batch that we could get to in this category. So yeah. um, it, I think this is a really good way for us to kind of represent some of these hidden gems to you guys, if we do call them gems, or at least giving you a breakdown of multiple scars at one time so you're not really waiting to see what's being released next on the podcast yeah. or anything that we do in written form so i thought it was pretty good i thought the first one went really well and i thought it was uh i think we could do it again hey hmm. you're thinking about the mistress aren't you i'm not i'm, I'm not at all i'm thinking about what i'm going to smoke next that's going to be the exact opposite of that cigar i can't stop thinking about i it. may smoke a daddy mac i can't stop thinking about just it. just to get my head off of it <laughs> um and you know what that's all we have for this week. Yeah. This is a great, I thought this was a great podcast. Honestly, I feel refreshed. I was vang- very, I was extremely angry coming into this. Yeah. Dealing with this tax situation. And I still am a bit angry about it <laughs> because I realize that I have to now pay $4,000. I'm literally looking at the total. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Fucking money's money. It's all good. I owe it anyway. Government's going to fuck you. They're going to come after your money no matter what. Yeah. So no reason to be upset and mad about it. Just going to go smoke a cigar and feel better. There you go. That's what I do. Oh, brother, I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. And I appreciate all of our listeners. Yeah, everyone's fantastic. And I love how much people joined the group recently. Yeah, I would like to thank the 57 people who joined our Facebook group this past week. And um, also, this is just a quick shout out. Last episode was our interview with Juan Cancel was by far the biggest episode that we've had out yet. So if you haven't listened to it, please listen to it. Juan's been really, really awesome with us. Yeah. He's done some really cool things for us in terms of exposure of the podcast and the Facebook group. So we thank him greatly. Um, it's, it's a good, cool, unique friendship that we have with him now. And uh, I'm excited to see how their stuff grows in the future, Protocol Cigars, and of course what we're doing. And they'll probably do some things together. Yeah. So. It's been really cool. I'm very excited about everything that we have coming up as well. It's going to be good shit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel wonderful. I do too. So with that, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back at you next week with episode 97. See See everyone. Thanks everybody for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed our first ever boutique week. I think we're going to continue doing these because we're actually, this allows us to cover some cigars that we otherwise wouldn't have been able to cover. So we actually really enjoy doing that. And we hope you guys at least got some good information out of that. How can you get a hold of us? You can get a hold of myself, Corey at the hot ticket pod on Instagram. You can get a hold of Chris at big six, Chris on Instagram. Please follow him now. He desperately needs your love and attention. Um, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Automatic, Stitcher, and Spotify, pretty much wherever you can get podcasts, you can find this one. We are also made administrators of the Cigar Facebook Faction Group. 
So please join that. We've just got a whole bunch of people who joined the other day. Some really great dialogue, great information. It's a wonderful group. So if you'd like to join, please visit Facebook to do so. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. It greatly helps us out. We greatly appreciate your participation in that as well. And feel free to leave a funny review. We love reading them. Um, We will be back at you next week with episode 97, giving you guys some more treats. Until then, have a wonderful week.